Well, it's very nice to see you all, and uh, I sort of wish I could stop there, but... <laughs> um, back in November, probably, God started speaking to me about something, and it's sort of been mulling away in my head. Oh, thank you. <laughs> and... Um, it, it was really, I started thinking, this is a bit weird. I'm thinking things that I don't normally think, like negative things, miserable things. And uh, it's not the way I normally work. And I'm feeling quite grumpy with people. And I feel like I want to punch a lot more people than normal. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, it just didn't seem very good. <laughs> it didn't seem right. And uh, God said to me, you need to go back to Philippians 4, verse 7, and think about that list of things that you should be thinking about that are good for you, that change your mind, that wash your brain out, and help you to think positively. And I started to realize that, uh, obviously I was a bit slow catching up, but... Um, COVID had just messed with my head, really. <laughs> and I was becoming a bit of a different person, a bit grumpier, a bit less hopeful, and a bit more miserable. And uh, yeah, I did want to punch people. You know, I'm not saying I never want to punch people, but I don't want to punch them that often. So, <laughs> so, so I'm just going to read to you Philippians 4, um, I think it's 6 to 9. Do not be anxious about anything, but in every situation, by prayer and petition, with thanksgiving, present your requests to God. And the peace of God, which transcends all understanding will guard your hearts and your minds in Christ Jesus. <laughs> so that's a good start. Finally, brothers and sisters, whatever is true, whatever is noble, whatever is right, whatever is pure, whatever is lovely, whatever is admirable, if anything is excellent or praiseworthy, think about such things. Whatever you have learned or received or heard from me or seen in me, that's Paul, not me, put it into practice and the God of peace will be with you. So I thought, well, that sounds great. It's to, he's addressing our thinking, our anxiety, um, our worry, and he's saying the way that you deal with it is by thinking about things that are good for you. So I'm not thinking about chocolate or, you know, binge watching the telly, but things that actually change your thinking in your head. And then he says, the God of peace will be with you. And that is what we want to know. Now, we know technically <laughs> that he's always with us. And he's always a God of peace. 
uh, we're the ones who feel not at peace. <laughs> he's always at peace, and he always brings his peace. But he'll be with us, and it helps us to concentrate on things that do us good. So, Joseph, could you just put that list of things up, please? So I'm just putting them there so you don't have to keep rereading them. You can see what they are. This is not a definitive list, and it's not a tick box. So you don't go around to make yourself feel better. You don't have to think, oh, is it noble? Is it right? Is it admirable? Is it excellent or praiseworthy? It's, <laughs> is it a good thing? Does it feed my soul? Does it point me to Jesus? Does it make me think about things that lift my heart, my mood, my eyes, improve my mental processes. So, and these things are all characteristics of God and they're all characteristics of that wonderful Jesus that we have been celebrating today, our wonderful older brother that we look to, <laughs> who feeds our souls who's rescued us from darkness and brought us from darkness into the kingdom of light. He certainly has, Gareth. It was a, did a very good job. <laughs> so I came back to what goes on in my head. And I thought, you know, we're all the same, really. We have different, slightly different takes on things. But our thinking can be very circular goes round and round, we come back to the same point, and we haven't actually improved anything or changed anything. It can be dog-legged, you know, where you go that way, and then suddenly you go off a tangent, and you think, where's that come from? <laughs> Why am I thinking that? Because that's, I was going that way, and now I'm going that way. It can spiral up or down, <laughs> and what we're looking for is thinking that spirals are upwards rather than down, because that's better. It can be very repetitive. <laughs> Sometimes you can spend weeks thinking the same depressing thoughts and the same stupid thoughts, really, and the same thoughts that aren't necessarily even true. It can be driven by fear or anxiety and worry and stress, and that is not healthy for us. It can be factually incorrect, <laughs> actually. We can be sort of sitting there thinking, well, I wonder, you know, that they thought this about me and I bet they went home and said this and I bet they thought that and it's just like, why? You're just making that up. You can't, so the main, the top one there is true. And I think so often we spend time wasting our brains and our energy, thinking about things that aren't true. It can be lazy, our thinking, because we can't be bothered to fight and go for something better. <laughs> it can be angry or bitter. You know, we can have been through things that have been painful and distressing and agonizing to survive. Lots of people, you know, betrayal, all sorts of things. It can be just sheer fantasy. Some of us live in, like to live in a fantasy world because it's better than the one we actually live in. 
we can often take the path of least resistance, so we're not actually fighting for something. And it can be hiding. <laughs> so I used to read, you know, romantic novels when I was a teenager. Now I look at them and I think, why? What a waste of time that was. <laughs> but it was my way of hiding, um, hiding from stuff and passing the time and a kind of analgesia for my brain so I didn't have to think about what was actually happening in the world. And I feel, and I think you'll all agree, that our fear has become more negative and fear-driven over the last couple of years, so... Lockdown, I'm just going to read this list. Lockdown, sadness, loss, anger, loneliness and isolation, politics, illness, etc. How many people have you heard saying, we think or feel or behave or respond differently from what we did, and yet we're not really aware of it. It's just sort of sneaked up on us and it's happened to us. And I realized, going back to Philippians 4, 7, this is a, an aside, really. This is like a human biology. The role of the amygdala in our brains, which is on both sides, underneath the cerebellum, there's a little thing like an almond. So we've got two bits which drives our emotional responses and can be educated so we learn to respond in certain ways. And I suddenly realized that I had been learning to respond in a downward spiral way rather than an upward spiral way. So I'd unlearned some of the emotional responses which were good for me and I'd learned some which were not helpful. So it's actually a kind of chemical process that's taken part in us where we've been trained to think things that aren't helpful. So I just wanted to make a plea, really, for us to re-educate <laughs> the amygdala, <laughs> but also the rest of us. So this list of things in Philippians... It's not about success or failure. It's not about you've got to do all of them at once. It's about these are the kinds of things that do you good. <laughs> Let's think about them. It's, it's, kind of, it's not rocket science. It's quite basic. They encourage a kind of positive upward trend in our thinking. <laughs> so, and they're sensible things to think about. You know, rather than wanting to punch people, which, you know, we have to go through sometimes, um, to think about things that are positive, that we actually want to do and would feel better for doing. So it's kind of balanced thinking. And I thought, I need to formulate a thinking strategy, examine my thoughts find out if they are actually true to begin with. <laughs> Bringing our thinking into line with what pleases God, which is like him, which is 
So if you think the Holy Spirit lives inside you, he's got to live with you if you're thinking miserable thoughts. He's still living there. But I'm sure he'd be much happier if you were thinking things that were positive and upbuilding and strengthening, lovely and admirable, pure, excellent, praiseworthy, right, noble, and definitely true. So I have to be rigorous with myself. I have to kind of slap myself around the face, really, to bring my thinking into line with what pleases God. It's a fight. Because naturally, <laughs> we'd rather take the path of least resistance. Naturally, we are not people who think that stuff. Naturally, we think things that uh, blame other people so we don't have to take responsibility ourselves, and so on. So we think about these kind of things because they do us good and they lift our spirits and they bring us closer to Jesus and they make us more like him. They remind us of who we are now <laughs> and not take us back to what we used to be because Jesus now lives in us. We can aim much higher. <laughs> yeah. As I said, it's not box ticking. It's, it's much more, and it's not like a hamster wheel. <laughs> you know that sort of thing when you think, oh, I've got to think good things. I've got to run, 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 think good things, think admirable things, think lovely things, think pure things. It's not about that. It's about letting Jesus bring his peace to us and help us to remember what is true and what will do us good. And true, actually, is the only absolute in that list. All the others kind of would be different things to different people. So I thought, you know, if you're a beekeeper or a footballer or an artist or a builder or a creative, or a cook, or an astronomer, or a musician, different things would be right, and pure, and lovely, and admirable, and excellent, and praiseworthy. But what's important is firstly that they're true, and then that they feed our souls, and they point us to Jesus. I just wanted to say, let's let go of what is behind us, Let's not hang on to the miserable people that COVID made us into. Let's aim for something that it does us more good. It's better for us, makes us feel better, actually brings joy back into our thinking. So that's it, really. <laughs> oh. <laughs> well, thank you. That's made me feel terrible now. <laughs> um, Dave says I should pray, so let's pray. Oh, Lord God, thank you that we have a Lord like you above all others, far above all the competition, far more beautiful, far more excellent, far more lovely to be with who's done far more for us, who came after us when we hated him, <laughs> and that you loved us out of the darkness 
and brought us into your light. That you, Lord Jesus, found the way to bring heaven down to earth. That you found the way to open the door from darkness to light. That you yourself became the door from death to life. That you became the one who was the way to the Father. You are faithful and beautiful and true, perfect in all you do. You are the one who's loved our souls. You are the one who turned us from enemies of God into friends. And we honor you. There is no one like you. There's no one we would rather know. Come, fill us, Lord God, with thoughts of you. Come and wash away our anxieties. Come and restore our thinking. Come and put us in our right minds, Lord God. Come and feed our souls with your beautiful, nourishing, true word. Come, Lord God. We look to you because you are the source of our life. Thank you. And Leah, this is a word that God gave Leah again sometime before Christmas. quite encouraged that um, Leslie put a bit of science in there because I'm going to do a bit of science as well. <laughs> so Leslie's done the human biology. I'm going to do a bit of plant biology this morning. Um, okay. Uh, Joe, can you just put the first slide up? <clears throat> I just want to read this um, part of scripture. As Dave says, this is, I was meditating on this a, a, a while ago. Um, and I just felt God speak to me um, an encouragement for the church through it. So, God showed how much he loved us by sending his one and only son into the world so that we might have eternal life through him. This is real love. Not that we have loved God, but that he loved us and sent his son as a sacrifice to take away our sins. Dear friends, since God loved us that much, we surely ought to love each other. No one has ever seen God, but if we love each other, God lives in us, and his love is brought to full expression in us. And it's that last bit to think that if we love, we... God's full expression is in us. That, that's amazing. And while I was, can you just put the next one? While I was um, meditating upon this, I felt that God was saying <clears throat> that the church was like a woodland connected by a mycelium network. And, and that's a mycelium network. That's the tree at the top, that's actually a little sapling. 
and all that white stuff underneath, that's, that's a mycelium network. Now, the this is the science. The purpose of that mycelium network is to, it, well, it's a, it's a microscopic fungal network. So it's like, it's fungus, it's mushrooms, but it's all hidden under the ground. And you can see it's vast. And it's made up of miles and miles of these tiny threads. They're called the mycelium. And they all intertwine and connect under the forest floor. This mycelium network is the way that trees communicate with each other. They pass nutrients to one another. They share water. They share resources. I don't know if anyone's ever planted a tree in their garden. Um, but they send you, or they ask you to buy, recommend you buy, something called root grow, and it's a bag of fungus, because they know that if you establish this fungal network underneath your tree, your tree is going to be stronger, healthier, um, more resilient. In fact, when a forest is supported by a mycelium network, the root mass of the trees can be increased by as much as 8,000 times. I, I just think it's amazing. Isn't it amazing how actually, and isn't it wonderful, how science belongs to God? It's, it's not actually the world's, it's God's. And he never ceases to blow my mind with, with nature. Um, anyway, so, another thing, it's also sometimes called the wood wide web. <laughs> how cool is that? <laughs> I love it. Anyway, so, that, so that's the science. So now for the encouragement. So, um, can we have the next slide on? <laughs> so, yeah, here's another picture. So you can see the tree roots, the, like, the black roots, but then all these like, lit up bits. This is to, to show how, you know, we're connecting. So the church is the forest, and God's people, uh, we're the trees. We're planted together in our church communities. The mycelium network represents the connections that are made when we love each other as God has loved us. When we are gracious, merciful, compassionate, generous, forgiving, when we love our fellow believers with supernatural godly love, then we are bringing the full expression of God into our community and we are spiritually healthier, stronger, more effective in his kingdom. Next one. I just got a few different slides because different people think in different ways. I like this one. So this mass of green then, uh, this is our godly love. Uh, is it easy? I know. I love my husband with all my heart. <laughs> But sometimes, <laughs> and, and I, I know, I know, I'm not easy to love. Uh, in John 13, 34 to 35, Jesus commands us to love one another as He has loved us. That's really hard. And it is by that love that the world will know we are his disciples. It's, it's how the world will know, by the love we have for one another. 
And it, so it's, it's not easy. It's something you can't do in your own strength. Maybe for a little while you could act lovingly. But we need the Holy Spirit to really love as God loved us. I just felt like using this analogy that there was more encouragement for certain groups of people. So just bear with me. Just none of this is our own strength. This is the Holy Spirit. And, And love, love is a fruit of the Holy Spirit. It's not something you do. Children, young people, in the forest, (laughs) saplings, that's the name for a baby tree, um, in the shady areas, because they're not tall enough yet to get to the top of the canopy and get the sunlight for themselves to have photosynthesis, GCSEs, no, yeah. Um, They can't get enough sunlight for adequate photosynthesis. So to survive, a sapling in a forest relies on the nutrients from the older trees, and they send it through the mycelium network. So kids, there is a whole forest of love around you. And I just want to encourage you that connect to the Holy Spirit and you will connect to that love and you will grow. And uh, parents, speaking very much to myself now, how much do we adore our children? And while sometimes I find my husband quite difficult to love, <laughs> sometimes it's so easy to love my children. Oh, <laughs> I mean, I mean, I do know they're not perfect, but they're close. And but and I love them. I love them. I love them. I love them. But that's not what's going to transform them. It's the Holy Spirit. And a mother's love is one thing, but the Holy Spirit is the, is the transforming power. That's where the growth, that's where they're going to get the nourishment. That's how they're going to get the transformation. We must pray for our children. Be connected to the Holy Spirit. Also in the forest, <clears throat> and vital to this tree-fungi network, Um, are hub or mother trees Um, and in the forest these are older more seasoned trees typically with deeper roots and they have far more mycelium connections and these trees these members of the forest community they can detect ill health from their neighbors so if they they're aware that there's a tree that's struggling they can send them nutrients via the mycelium network and because they're older and more seasoned, they can reach deeper sources of water, and then they can pass that on to the younger saplings. We've got some hub trees in this church. We've got some people who've walked a long while with the Lord, and thank God for you. Thank God for your, your wisdom. You are pillars of our community. But it's also not just about age. There are quite a few of us here, and I shouldn't, I, I think probably whatever you're going through, you'll find someone here's walked that way before. There's wisdom, there's experience, there's, um, yeah, people have walked that way before, and I just, uh, the encouragement is to just know that 
you're not alone. You won't be the first. Um, yeah. Um, do you feel small? Do you feel inadequate? Do you feel like you're in a season of life where you actually can't do anything? You've got nothing to give? You, you, your circumstances or you're not well? Or do, do you know that a single spore, I mean, I don't know how small a spore is, tiny. Is Hannah here? How big's a spore? It's probably under the microscope. It's tiny. Um, a single spore can develop into a mycelium. So however small or inadequate you feel, don't be discouraged because one act of godly love can develop. You don't know one prayer, one kind word, one smile, one comforting, whatever. Being kind, I don't know, but one small thing can develop into something much bigger with the Holy Spirit. Um, if you're feeling overwhelmed or facing difficulty, there's encouragement. These are mycelium threads. They are so small that they can squeeze and push their way around rocks and other obstructions. And it makes collecting nutrients for the plants an easy task. So if the, if the trees can do it, how much more can God do it in us? So don't be discouraged when, when hardship comes. Just relying on that network of godly love and community. The Holy Spirit can find a way. Trust him, have faith. Occasionally, uh, you will see the fruit of the mycelium above ground, and that's called a mushroom. Um, but the vast majority of that organism is that huge network that's hidden underground. So visible projects, enterprises, support groups, etc. They're the fruit, they're the little mushroom on top, but they're supported by this huge network of fellowship, love, prayer. If we, if we increase that love, prayer, let the Holy Spirit uh, grow and, and flow through us, we're going to get more mushrooms, we're going to get more fruit. Um, don't be distracted by the mushroom, because that in itself isn't it, it's what's underneath. It's the work of the Holy Spirit that's actually the power. Um, one last mushroom analogy, sorry. Um, uh, standing against the enemy. So it is for the good of the whole forest that trees work together in this way. Um, a gap in the forest canopy caused by a dead tree um, allows the sun to scorch the forest floor and that would dry it out and then it would deplete water and nutrients which obviously isn't great for the rest of the trees. Um, storms can cause more damage to the forest if they're able to penetrate the gaps in the canopy. So actually supporting a weaker tree to survive helps the entire community. It's just a reminder, we are one church, we are one body. We're united by the love of the Holy Spirit. And that was the encouragement I felt, God. <laughs> okay. Sorry.